Hello and welcome to another edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. I'm Reese and joined today by Dan and Danny. We're here after another brilliant British Grand Prix. It just shows that you don't need to be a, a track architect to make a good racetrack. You just need an old airfield in the middle of the English countryside. And sure, it's been renovated over time, but Silverstone always delivers a brilliant race and some surprises. And I think the, the nicest surprise of the weekend had to be that McLaren have genuine pace. It was a little shocking to see how quick uh, that McLaren was, but also very exciting when you consider how quick Lando's response time was first max. Like, what was it? 0.003 different of a second. And he just done him. Just like, see you later, Max. No, it's, I mean, it's nice to have multiple races now in a row. I know it's only two races in a row where Verstappen hasn't led every lap. Uh, it is showing that it is getting closer. Uh, maybe it's not getting closer fast enough, but it's getting closer. And I think the most impressive thing about it was even after Lando did get overtaken, he was able to keep up with Max for a good number of laps and stay within DRS range. But do you know what it reminded me of? It reminds me of when you see a cat playing with the mouse. Like, it doesn't quite kill it at that particular point. Just plays with it. That's what Max reminds me of chasing Lando. Like, we we knew he was going to get him. But he just played a little cat and mouse game with him first to make it look like, you know, give us a bit of thrill and a bit of bit of uh, drama when he's inevitably going to overtake him. That's true. And I think, well, I say it's true. Kind of was, kind of wasn't. I mean, he knew he had him and he was being patient with it. But at the same time, he needed until he got within four tenths of a second before DRS to have a chance of actually overtaking that McLaren. It's got some serious straight line speed. Uh, it just shows that maybe it's not the Mercedes power unit that's the issue. It is actually the Mercedes car that is the issue with their straight line speed. Yeah, you heard um, Hamilton make a comment, even Russell during the race, how the car's a rocket ship and how it handled the uh, corners very well. Norris was able to pull out a gap on Hamilton through the fast bendy parts from Maggots and Beckett. And um, yeah, it definitely held its pace against uh, Red Bull and it was great to see. Uh, you know, hopefully maybe in a different kind of track, maybe in Hungary, if we see Norris and, and Max uh, in the front row, if we get a start like this, we could probably see uh, McLaren keep the, keep the lead. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was very exciting to see. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be as competitive in Hungary, uh, just because it's a tighter, twistier track. I think that's going to play more to the strengths of Mercedes and of Aston Martin. But what we've seen from two different, but yet, you know, tracks that benefit the faster you know, straight line speed in Austria and in and in Silverstone, the McLaren has got some genuine pace and has been able to keep ahead of you know, the others. And, you know, looks like the... Uh, the second fastest car on merit at these tracks where there is higher speed. So, you know, come Spa, come Monza, unless there's some other significant upgrade packages from other teams, this is what we can expect them to be. I don't know. I really expected more from Alonso this week because you go back to like this one, he come uh, seventh, you had the Austrian fifth. Yeah, I think you go back to, yeah, like Canada and Monaco and that when he was in the in the uh, podium again, but I I expected their car to be a lot better uh, here than what it was, but it hadn't really shown much pace other than the 
Can we go see in qualifying or uh, FP3 where it was the rain dry changeover kind of times? Like he like they did well then, but then they just they just dropped off again. No, I I agree with you, Dan. But it just really wasn't a track that was going to suit Aston this weekend. I think when you see Alonso struggling, you know Stroll's going to be nowhere, and uh, with, with Alonso. And the Aston Martin, they said that they were running the lowest downforce spec that they had. But the car was still draggy, could have be overtaken easily by a Mercedes under DRS. Uh, and it didn't look like it was going to be threatening anyone who was in front of it. Yeah, that's um, a good problem to have for Aston. Because you do have a couple more tracks left, some high-speed tracks. And uh, pretty bold of Alonso to claim that they, you ended up in a podium in every single podium this year, of uh, the beginning of the year, we claimed that. Um, yeah, we see uh we see Aston kind of slipping right now. Um, McLaren made a big jump. Yeah, Ferrari are terrible because their strategy, but they're they're still a decently quick team. Uh, Mercedes are are still there in the hunt somehow. Um, Alpine, yeah, they had a double uh, retirement today, and he takes those guys out. Like Crofty said, it takes them out to the farm and and brings them a drink because they're struggling. But um, Aston has a, a real problem with these results lately. Hamilton has caught up, standing, what, 15-something behind Alonso now? So sure. Yeah, I mean, Hamilton's caught up. Russell's caught catching up. There's a uh, a split between, you know, who's who's competitive and who's not competitive every weekend in terms of the, uh, the race behind Verstappen. Uh, and it's quite good to see that we do go into these races having some idea of who's going to be the most competitive, but at the same time, we don't know for sure. I think McLaren was a surprise this weekend. There are times where Ferrari have looked like the best team and, and times where you know, Mercedes have been able to throw a surprise in. But, of course, the biggest surprise, I think, for me this weekend was uh, Alex Albon and uh, Logan Sargent and the Williams. The Williams looked like it had genuine pace this weekend, which is a, a strange thing to say when it was it was up there, you know, in, top, in the top three of practice on Friday. And then, you know, it was... Still competitive on Saturday's practice. And then, you know, qualifying both cars into Q2, Alex into Q3 and qualifying eighth, which he said after the race, it was weird that, you know, his worst position in a session all weekend was a eighth place. Yes, stellar, stellar run from from Williams this weekend. Great weekend for them. Um, Albon looked really racy, especially at the end. He had those Ferraris on his back. Uh, almost, you know, make, he made a serious run at Alonso there at the end for a bit, but uh, ultimately that that didn't happen. But yeah, good good play on Williams. Their car looked great as well, I believe. Really good livery this, uh, for this race. Yeah, and they're going to have a special livery as well later in the season, which has been fan voted. I'm going to say though, on liveries, McLaren should stick with Chrome. The car looks so much better. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what Ron Dennis would say. I prefer it as the Golf one, but that's just me. I like to be different. The Golf one's like the pink Alpine, though, isn't it? It's because of sponsorship more than anything else, where this Chrome one was a, 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 just a, a change of delivery. Which, yeah, you sponsorship. Know, yeah, it's still sponsorship, but I mean, it, like the Golf one was like, oh, yeah, we are going to be your major sponsor for whatever this race is. You're going to have to Golf livery. But then, yeah, the Alpine, sorry, not the Alpine, the, the Chrome, they just, like I say, the McLaren in Chrome, it needs to be in Chrome. What, like, All, like, like the whole car? Just, I, Make the whole, whole car. Well, you know, like like it was this weekend, or it was in the uh, in 2008 sort of season, 2009 season. That you make the whole thing papaya. The papaya is nice. 
there was a recent poll in, in um somewhere where um these McLaren's colors were or what you associate McLaren to be a color with. And I think Papaya ended up in third. And most people said that Chrome or the silver and, you know, or the red and white from the Marlboro McLaren days. But uh, no, I agree, man. Go back to that Chrome. Uh, their helmets, their their track suits, everything looked, uh, I, it, it didn't look so good in, in uh, when they released uh, images of it. But uh, in the track, on track today, it looked, it looked pretty hot. Yeah, that that was. I mean, that was one of the best things about it. It was just, it had that feel of nostalgia, and it drove like the uh, the McLaren of the Chrome days as well. It, it was competitive. It wasn't, you know, the uh, the more the modern McLaren Honda or the McLaren it's been at the start of this season or last season in the hands of Ricardo. It, it looked like the real deal. I just hope it continues, uh, and that we could see, you know, one of these teams actually take the fight to. Just happen for more than five laps. How are you going to do Ricardo dirty like that, bro? That's me. You mean you woke up Joe's violence today? Just absolute disrespect, me. Ricardo. I'm sorry for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I laugh, but you're not. You're not. Probably not wrong. Yeah, let's talk about Perez, who has now five sessions in a row failed to make Q3 or five races in a row has failed to make Q3 when you are in the car that has had nearly every single pole position this season it, you can't not get into Q3 yeah he's he's really not having a good time is he he's not really not enjoying driving that car no matter what he says it's, he's wildly off the pace like I'm sorry, he should have been able to catch Russell in that Mercedes and he should have got past Russell, then Piastri, and he should have been up on Lewis's ass. Because as much as I hate the little turd, if that had been Max, he would have been on the podium. Fact. If that was Max, he probably would have won the race. If You know, yeah, it's at very least podium. But it's just, there's something up with Perez and it's just... It seems like you said, "Oh yeah, I can, I can bounce back now." But no, you can't bounce back if you can't qualify. You can't. You're making your life hard for yourself. You qualify. Just get yourself into Q3. Get yourself into the top six. It doesn't matter if you're top six, then you'll be able to pick off everyone at the start of the race. Have an easy P2. I know you need more than P2, but at the same time, you know you're not going to beat Verstappen in his current form. Did he not make it into Q2, Q3 because? Was his track time deleted, or did he he did he not make it out in time? I can't. Austria remember last exactly. race. Austria last race was um, delete track, track lap time deleted. This race slow, too slow. He was 16th. I mean, the track was evolving. He was arguably he was unfortunate. You could say in the sense of you know a lot of people improved. I mean, he did go up to P2 or P3 with his lap time, but then. Everyone else improved beyond him. Oh yeah, the last the last like three minutes of that track track evolution was absolutely insane. Speaking of qualifying, uh, was it Q3 where Lewis was going incredibly slow uh, when Max was behind him? Because apparently now Max can't turn right for whatever reason and hits the walls. <laughs> no, Verstappen hitting the wall was 
it was a case of he had understeer in um, coming he, out of the pit box. He, 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 it was a case you of call it what you want. It, he called it understeer. It probably did understeer because the thing is, if you're driving out to it, you know, into an environment like that, you could easily have hotter, you could easily have warmer rear tyres and front tyres, and that could easily cause you to understeer. Of course, a bit embarrassing. Um, and he had his blushes spared by the fact that it meant that he was the last car on track in Q3. And and that did him a favour. Yeah, but still, like, I'm pretty sure Lewis was playing playing a game and trying to make it so Max wasn't able to do his last lap. But that that that's just me. That's just what I saw. He said that he had to overtake some cars. Um, but I don't think anything was intentional. Um, I think it was just one of these ones of, you know, everyone wants to be the last car over the line, and so they push it to the limit of, of, of what's what, you know, what, who gets there in time. And if you don't think someone's behind you, you're going to be slow. You you got to throw, throw everything at Max so he doesn't get another qualifying because he's almost automatic right now in qualifying. But Norris gave a good run. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there wasn't much different between the two uh, on their qualifying laps. But where there was a difference, you could see the Red Bull just has that straight line speed advantage. It was uh, yeah, 10 kilometers an hour faster on one straight, eight kilometers an hour faster on another, five kilometers an hour faster uh, at the end of the uh, is it the Wellington straight, I think it is. Yeah, after Bangor's brackets. Um, like, it was just so much... Yeah, it's just that straight line speed makes a difference. Yeah, hangar straight, sorry. Someone who, you know, of course didn't struggle with speed. Oh, we've spoken about him already, but Alex Albon, I've got I've got to bring him back up. Um I mean he genuinely looked like a threat to um to uh, Alonso at one point towards the end of the race. He of course slipped down the order from the start, but battled back in a Williams. I know we keep saying in a Williams like it's such a you know, a, a detrimental thing. But, of course, it has been the worst car for so long. So to see it now competitive, and even has a sergeant, of course, running just outside the points and, you know, one more retirement, and then he could have had his first points in Formula 1. Uh, as it is, he still sits on zero with Nick DeVries. Yeah. Alex Albon, what a drive. I mean, if Lando Norris had had a race where he just sat in second, stayed in second all race, wasn't challenged, wasn't, you know, troubled by troubling Verstappen wasn't troubled from behind. Alex Albon could have easily been the driver of the day. There's some good competition today for a driver of the day, though. Hamilton was up there, Piastri also. Yeah, but yeah, Lando got 45% of the vote, and, and rightly so. Even Perez, Perez uh, went up. Um, did did go up spots, but you know, we talked about that. He should he should have ended up in the podium. I didn't ever see him getting the podium today. I just felt like others had too much speed for him. I think also, I think the home crowd really does make a difference for the British drivers. I think it makes them attempt for the lap faster. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, in the top five. And then uh, Albon, top ten as well. So, yeah, or top seven. He was seventh, Albon, wasn't he? Was he seventh? Oh, eighth. 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 Eighth, eighth yeah. But yeah, beating Ferrari on pace. Um, Ferrari as well. We should talk about Ferrari, the Muppets. <sighs> <laughs> Ferrari, Ferrari just like finishing together. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what their. I think their strategy is just to always get our cars like 
in front or behind each other. Because they just, they just, I, I, again, we cut them slack a few weeks ago and now they're just back to fucking shit up, aren't they? They just. Uh, once again, the drivers wanted to call the strategy uh, at points. I mean, Science was asking if we pit now under the safety car, how many positions do we lose if we switch to soft tyres? Because he thought it was on the wrong tyre. And that was evidently the case. They were obviously on the wrong tyre and it, it led to them slipping back being uncompetitive and lucky to finish in the points. Speaking of a safety car, um, there was entirely too many laps behind that safety car for my liking. I'm sorry, what did we lose? 10 laps behind the safety car? No, I don't think we lost that many. It is, it's got to be at least eight. It is. I don't, I think it went on for a while because Silverstone's quite a long track, but I don't think we lost that many laps. See, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure we did because I, I, I think it gained one lap. Gained? What do you mean gained one lap? One I think I, I think like it was maybe a lap too long. Oh, I, yeah. I think there was a I think there's a decision to go full safety car from virtual safety car took too long. And it should have just been straight to the full safety car because that car was not in a recoverable position for a VSC. Oh no, absolutely not. But again, that's just the, that's the FIA just fumbling the ball again, isn't it? But I'm only judging this by when Lewis pitted and when that safety car came in, he was in excess of seven laps on his tyres. And I'm pretty sure it came out before he pitted. But I don't know. I think um, he had to stop before that bridge. Uh, I think his worst fear would have been under the bridge with a fire. That could have been a catastrophe there. But it was a case of... He just pulled over. I think he just ran out of speed. He had nowhere to go. He pulled over as quick as possible, didn't he? Yeah, the car just yeah. cut off, didn't it? Just, that was it. Nothing on the steering wheel, just done. It didn't even sound like there was any, like, noises and stuff before to give an, you know, to give an inkling that it was even gonna, gonna go. It was crazy. Give no indication for a spectacular fire show. It was four laps under the safety car, by the way. It, it came out on lap 34. It was announced it was coming out. And uh, lap 38, it went back into the pits. I think it's just because it is that longer lap that it felt like it was a longer safety car period. But was it one... Is that add the one lap under the virtual safety car? Or like the one? Uh, there, there was a bit of VSC, of course, as well. But, you know, that's complete, a complete mute point, really. I mean, I just wish they did go to the full safety car first. It wasn't... Uh, it was a needed safety car, though. Definitely shake things up. Yeah, it definitely tightened the field up again. Uh, Verstappen actually nailed the restart. I don't think yeah. McLaren were helped by being on the hard tire at the restart, but their speed was so, you know, so good. Yeah, they definitely played it safe. Soft, you heard immediately Max make a comment about the, uh, the soft tires, and Hamilton only had really four good laps in them, and then after that. They were gone. He was complaining about his rears were gone as well. So just a very good strategy call compared to Ferrari's uh, disaster strategy call where there's feel like there's no um, decisiveness. Mm. It's either the engineer or the driver and you have during the race questions being asked instead of a driver driving and strategist strategizing. But um, Clarence just did a great job today, man. Good job. Yeah. Ferrari that... choked. Yeah, of course, Ferrari chose actually, but I think it was very impressive the fact that even on the uh, fresh softs, you know, they were able to keep them behind. <laughs> that was 
that was quite the sight. Um, how how quick they were on the hard tyres, especially considering how much Ferrari did struggle on them. To be fair to Carlos, though, those were ten lap old hards. Um, something where this Ferrari strategy had to nail down. Rather go for a softer, softer compound or newer hard tires. Or at that point, he had already gone through two, through the required different tires, right? So he could have gone to anything in that safety car. Well, I mean, he, it looks like Ferrari powered cars have no race pace. They always seem like they're going to fall back. Yeah. The Ferraris, of course, they fell back. They started fourth and fifth. They finished, what, ninth and tenth. Haas always fall back. Alfa Romeo, you know, they have no race pace. Yeah, it should be a, a, a cause for concern. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Did, did anyone see an Alfa Romeo? I know Joe had some issues with the car, um, but they're just making up the field. Yeah, it, when they are making up the field, of course, at the same time, they, they you know, failed to put enough fuel in the car. That's savage. <laughs> like just just imagine being that shit of a team that you can't afford afford the fuel to put in the car to make well, it. Well they can afford the fuel. They just didn't <laughs> yeah, I, I, fuel I, in. I know, I know. But like it was in qualifying they underfueled Bottas. And that's why he stopped in Q two uh, at the end of Q three. And he didn't have enough fuel to provide a sample. So he was disqualified from qualifying and had to start last. Yeah, to be to be fair, if if they didn't have bad luck, they were. I don't think they'd have any luck. What were they like, seventeenth, eighteenth, or something? Were they? Today? I don't know. I I don't know. It doesn't no. feel like. 14th, it feels like they are waiting for the Audi investment. <laughs> I think fourteenth and seventeenth show ended last, right? Yeah, I think so. Or was uh, Hulkenberg last? I don't know. I don't. To us, I didn't pay too much attention down the tail end, because for a, a nice change, they were actually showing us. You know, action that was the midfield and up. We're not having to look at 17th, 18th, and 19th for a, a bit of action. Yeah, but I think that was purely down to the safety car. Um, that kind of spiced it up a bit when they finally threw that the full safety car after waiting and waiting and waiting. Like, if people at home can look at it and go, they can't move that car. Didn't they have to in the end cross cross the track, didn't they, to get it on the vat on the lorry? No, it was absolutely fine. The, the, Magnussen pulled the car over to the left-hand side off the racing line and they recovered it from off the track on the left-hand side, say, looking down the straight um, towards Brooklands. Maybe what I saw in the coverage was uh, another angle there. Maybe it was shooting down instead of the way that, the, the, that they raced, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what you see sometimes, mate. Mate, just so you know, since this podcast finishes, I'm going back through the sky coverage and I'm going to screenshot that shit. And I'm sending it to you because, guys, if you could see the way they look at me, they look at me like I'm some dementia dad that's just spouting nonsense. It's, ab- <laughs> it's, it's absolutely disrespectful, I tell you. It is. Oh, no. So it's no longer tin hat, Dan. It's dementia, Dan. <laughs> Mate, the problem is I'm not dementia enough to forget who you two are. So that's my problem. Red <laughs> button at all? Uh, IQ or what's it called? I don't know what you're on about, mate. Uh, Wait. says on, on, um, if you're a Sky customer, press the red button. Oh, for Sky Q. Yeah. Sky oh, yeah. Q or Sky Glass. Yeah, it, it basically just takes you to every single onboard camera of the cars, and you can look at all the lap times and the data times and like all that sort of stuff, and you can do 
they got a mode called battle mode. So if two cars are fighting, say like Alonso and Hamilton, you can have the rear of one car on one side and you can have the front of the other car on the other side so you can see their battle blah blah blah. It, it, it is good, but it's it's really, yeah. really lag it's really, really laggy though. Yeah, the the, the time difference is is the thing. That's the thing. You watch any of these live, supposedly live alternate broadcasts, there's always a time delay. So you always feel like you're better off watching the uh, the original coverage. Speaking of Hamilton, as, as I used him as a reference, didn't he break the record for the most F1 career podiums today? He already held that record. So, yes, he broke it again. Yeah, so <laughs> 195 or something, wasn't it? I'm sure he already had the record, but... Yeah, um, he, he did at 194. <laughs> he broke the record. Well, congratulations to Lewis Hamilton on breaking a record. <laughs> Uh, that was his 14th podium, and yeah, I mean, how many how many drivers can say they've done and gone and had 14 podiums at, at, a, at a single track? I don't think there's anyone out there who can do that. Um, of course, we're, we're talking about records being broken. One that was equaled was consecutive wins for a constructor, Red Bull. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like there's anyone catching them anytime soon. So, um, I mean, I said maybe Hungary or Singapore might be a race they don't win. So, you know, it's all on McLaren or Aston or whoever to win next race to stop them breaking that record. Or they could do what Mercedes do and, and get cocky, run a custom livery and have an absolute shock of a race. Uh, I would prefer the second option, but, you know, we don't always get what we wish for. As a Mercedes fan, I would like uh, Red Bull to employ Nico Rosberg. Um, just so that he can carry up his antics and spice things up a bit. I'm sorry, as a Mercedes fan? Yeah, because if he does what he did to Lewis in 2016, he can get Perez back on the... Oh, I'm sorry, as a Mercedes fan? I never had you down as a Mercedes fan. Okay, as a Lewis fan. Um, <laughs> Who happens to also like George because he's British, because let's face it, you never really had much time for Bottas and you never had much time for Rosberg, did you? What <laughs> Bottas was a fantastic number two. Rosberg, on the other hand, I've, I don't think for legal reasons I can get into how I feel about him anymore. Uh, Rosberg wasn't that bad. Yeah, the, the rivalry was intense, but it was good to have a driver like Rosberg. He, he always had a, he always had a rivalry with his teammates, didn't he? I mean, the Mark Webb one was brilliant, uh, which uh, of course led to the words "Britney's crashed." What was uh, where was that at? Was that in? I don't remember where it was at, but of course it was uh... a. <laughs> uh, there weren't too many penalties this week, of course, uh, which made a nice change from last week. We're, we're set down recording the podcast, knowing the result and, and feeling very confident it's not going to change. The only driver who did look like he was going to get any penalties however, was Lance Stroll. Uh, of course, he got the five second penalty for causing a collision, taking Gasly out of the race. I, in my opinion, it could have been a stronger penalty. I know it was an accident, you could say, but at the same time, he took him out of the race. And in the past, we've seen 10 second penalties for that. It didn't even look like that much of a, like a big shunt on like first viewing of the replay. Because obviously on the live coverage, the first you'd realised anything can even happened was him just like trying to control the car because like, the whole wishbone or suspension had broken. But 
when, when they played it back, it didn't even look like that hard of a hit. Like I've seen. Oh, I don't know. Hits than that, and and then keep going. I mean, it looked like when they had the reverse angle looking at the front of the cars, you know, from club, it looked like it was quite the whack from Stroll that you gave him. Um, of course, Stroll had his time limit issues as well. Uh, sorry, track limit issues. Um, and was on the borderline for those. He got a black and white flag for uh, full track limits. Um, but, you know, there was some inconsistency there because Burham Island had got away with some blatant track vi- uh, limits violations, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he got called out by Brundle on TV today. Uh, he definitely needs to take those wide lines. He's every inch of that track. He can do it. <laughs> but it's not like he doesn't even have an excuse. He's going half the, half the speed of the F1 cars through that corner. Yeah, but he is driving it hard. That's the thing. The safety car has to drive hard. And uh, maybe he can have some sympathy for the F1 drivers now when they when they go over their track limits. To be fair, I had this conversation while I was watching it. I said every time that he's in the safety car, all you hear from the other drivers, or what you sorry, what you used to hear before we're not allowed to hear all of team radio, is them bitch going, he needs to go faster, he needs to go faster. Whereas he's like, you get to the cockpit shot and he's driving the shit out of the car. And they're like, faster, faster, faster. You can't go no faster, bro. That's it. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> anyway, if we go from track limits, we'll go from track limits to track limit less. And that's the limitless options that you can pretty much get from our show sponsor, Apex Tracks, on 3D printed track wall art. For all your 3D printed track wall art needs, head to apextracks.com. That's A-P-E-X-T-R-A-X-S dot com. Well done, Reese. Three weeks in a row. Well done. Mate. That transition was a five-star transition, mate. Like that, that was A plus. That one. Yeah, that was that was like someone turning on their slide transitions. I didn't just go for dissolve there. I went for star wipe. All right, that was. Mate, star wipe and dissolve are solid Star Wars transitions, mate. Like <laughs> every time I watch a Star Wars film, I'm like, what in the Sony Vegas did they do? <laughs> just the standard bulk transitions yeah the circle transition out in star wars was something else that was literally them trying to think outside their box oh shit we've we've used this one transition for 920 frames we need to change it oh i don't know i hope we get some circle transitions in brad pitt's new movie how long we got till that comes out like two years or something like probably i have no idea of course they were recording this weekend for those who missed any of the interviews with Brad Pitt, the uh, the story is that he plays a retired driver who's coming out of retirement after the, the team owner, uh, who was also his his buddy, needs to find you know someone. He, he's got he's got to roll the dice one last time. His team's struggling. He's got a young prodigy in Wonka, but the team is the worst team in Formula One. It's constantly twenty first, twenty second, and the whole concept of it is that this guy is gonna try and you know, rejuvenate the team in some way. Of course, he won't give too many details away. He has promised Martin Brundle a cameo. As long as that cameo is doing a grid walk and trying to interview someone famous who uh, then declines, even though they're not supposed to decline anymore, Cara Delevingne, that you listen to the podcast, but, you know, have some respect for the legend that is Martin Brundle, all we're going to say. Mate, I was going to say something, and it's just fucking got me. I swear, I might have to mention, bro, like, for real. Um... Bench me? Demet, mate, are you deaf, mate? Dementia. Oh, hello and um, welcome to the Old People's Podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm Reese. I, I, I can't hear what I'm saying here. Uh, oh, you'll have to speak louder. Let me get my hearing aids. 
Um, that's Dan. We have to remind him that that's Dan. He he struggles quite a bit. Uh, we were reminding him three or four times through <laughs> through the podcast, <laughs> and then you've got the American, who uh, who hasn't made it to the uh, old age because he has to pay for private healthcare. Yeah, Danny. Good luck with that. I'm dead already. <laughs> I'm dead. Um, oh dear. Uh, before, this... before, before we move on, I, I I just want to throw out a stat that I did see today actually that Lewis and Lando became the first British duo to finish on the podium in Silverstone in 24 years. Do you know who That's... the the drivers were last time it happened? I did, but now you're calling me out on it. I fucking have no idea. Cool, uh, Danny. Uh, yeah, David Coulthard and uh, Eddie Irvine. That's it. No, 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 no. Are we classing Coulthard as English? Are we? No, British. British. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah and, and and as he was on the podium, he was British that race, and not Scottish. Boy, Irvine's Northern Ireland. Irish, right? Northern Ireland. Yeah. Two Englishmen on the podium this time, though. From Stevenage, and uh, where's Lando from? Good question. You wouldn't get it from how he talks, but he was actually born in Bristol, Lando Norris. He's from the West Country. He's probably in one of the in one of the nicer parts. If he was from one of the the other parts, you'd definitely hear it in his voice. What is next, Reese? What's next? Um, we could talk about you know the British fans. Uh, once again, they have shown up at the uh, British Grand Prix and absolutely crushed it. Put every single other fan base to shame. Um, of course, there was a bit of uh, obvious muting of the crowd going on uh, on the uh, post qualifying interviews and uh, post race interviews. Um, of course, we say don't boo people. Um, at the same time, everyone's entitled to their opinion. As Martin Brundle was saying, he said, oh, yeah, I know some of you don't like Max Verstappen. I like Max Verstappen, but you don't like Max Verstappen. You're entitled to that opinion. I was like, yeah, thank you, Martin. But more to the point, what other race, and it's a serious question, what other race can you watch on TV and hear the crowd over the cars and over the commentators? Because I swear you only get that at Silverstone. On the driver's radio, you can hear the, the crowd in the background. Uh, and yeah, you're right. Only in Silverstone, really, you have the crowd noise elevated like that. I think you could probably get it in Italy if the if Ferrari didn't suck. Uh, Damn it! But that's what I was gonna say. I was like, in Italy, when Ferrari are on form and not sucking ass, that Tifosi is loud. That's that's where the two hardcore fan bases are. Of course, you have Max's Orange Army, but where was it he had his old oh, austria austria can be quite loud european races you know european races where you get you don't you don't get crowd noise in uh when you had the last race of the season of course i'm going to say 2021 you had a last lap overtake for the title and you still didn't hear the crowd again i know we spoke about circuits and there is a, a one coming up about that but it's just it's a show circuit isn't it it's to, it's there because it's paid to be there they're not hardcore fans like you see uh, at many of these other races that we've described. It's, it's just, it's a show money circuit, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's one of these ones that paid more than others to be on the calendar. And uh, every, you don't really have, lo- well, you can have local fans go there, but they're not going to be as passionate, as knowledgeable as the British fans, as the Italian fans. Uh, there's, yeah, there's just there's another level that you get between the British and the Italian fans. And yeah. That's that's one thing. And of course, you hear after the race in the interviews with Sky, you've got Alex Albon. He, he's telling everyone about how incredible it was. Like he went on a Wednesday in the middle of the day 
or sorry, Wednesday evening, Piccadilly Circus, and had a great time with fans. I went to one of the fan events they had on yesterday. Uh, granted, it was more to see some American footballers, but I went down and I went to the fan experience and I tried out the Sims. I uh, I tried out the new F1 manager game. Spoke to some of the developers developers there. I can say that there are some really cool new features coming to the F1 manager game. So for those who bought it last year and were seeing on the fence, I'd say, you know, if you're if you're leaning towards buying it, then buy it because it, there's going to be some scenario based features in there where after each race, they'll do an upload and say, can you do better than this? So it could be like today. Can you from lap 20 onwards improve Ferrari strategy? Of course, won't be hard. You pretty set that on any level and, and improve it. And also the tire data and everything like that will be more in sync. It's going to be a lot better of a game, hopefully. Uh, that and you haven't got the same crash animation for every single corner, which is uh, which is good. There's going to be some uh, some diversity there. So, yeah, you know, things are looking up on the F1 manager front for those who do play it. Uh, but for those, of course, who don't, uh, we understand. I mean, as someone who owns it, uh, I can see why there are some real skeptics out there for why you wouldn't want to buy the game and I, I'm personally I'm gonna I'm gonna wait a few months and see what everyone else says but having tried it and it being a slightly older build I'd say it's a crisper product the graphics are better it runs smoother they've added a really cool new camera angle which is the driver helmet can and yeah well I didn't they didn't make me sign the NDA so I feel safe in telling you all this I've just figured out how you got your hat and your uh, shirt oh the shirt I've always had because uh, you guaranteed to plug this F1 manager game. Hashtag not an ad. Hashtag not an ad. But it is an ad. Yeah, not an ad. I'm just saying, if you're looking at buying the game, there's real more reasons to buy it this year. If you're looking to wait and see how it goes, fair enough. But I have to say I've played it, and it's definitely an improvement. I'm also going to say that those Fantech wheels, bloody hell, they are good. And I'm kind of jealous of anyone who's got one. Like Chris, who uh, who never shows for the podcast anymore. Chris, uh, we know you're listening. Get on the podcast. Otherwise, Dan's going to insult you in ways that we can't publish. Chris, I had a really, really good comeback for Reese's segment then, but due to uh, preserving our friendship, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> preserving the friendship, preserving the podcast. Uh, it's for the greater good that Dan shuts up here. <laughs> but on a serious note, Chris, you need to turn your fucking ass up to one of these because I, I do miss your input and I need someone to balance out me and Danny. That's true. And I need someone to, you know, call me out occasionally on how it's not all bad being a Ferrari fan when it sucks. It is, bro. It's like, I'm not even a Ferrari fan. I just like signs. I just, I, I, in this position where he went from McLaren to Ferrari. And now look. It's not great, is it? <laughs> it's not great at all. Why would anyone want to go to Ferrari apart from for the food? Money. <laughs> and the money. Food, money. And you get a Ferrari. Better weather, you get a Ferrari. Okay, there's a few reasons to drive for Ferrari, but yet one of the one of the reasons is not the <laughs> being a part of the F one team because my gosh. Uh we repeat ourselves here, but that was just some absolute shit show uh but we do find ourselves repeating ourselves quite a lot so i think it is time we wrap the podcast up here um if you enjoyed listening to us and uh been able to withstand our repeating ourselves this week uh there's a link in the bio of the podcast 
and uh you'll be able to link that to all our socials including of course the uh the new instagram replacement to twitter which is cool because i forgot the name of it danny threads it's called threads it's called threads yeah we're on threads as well so uh there you go we are we are with the times we are down with the kids despite being a a deaf person a a man with dementia and someone who's already dead so uh, until next time thank you very much for listening (laughs) Cheerio, guys. See you later, guys. See you, guys.